can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, relationships, work, pop culture, and true crime from a Christian conservative perspective. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy! Hello, everyone. You are listening to Those Are the Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory, and we, me and you, are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. So I am so excited for today's episode. I have Will Moore, who is the the assistant director for the North Carolina Right to Life, and he's going to be talking to us um, about abortion, about what's going on in North Carolina, and about what we can do and things like that. So, Will, tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, I appreciate um, you inviting me. Like you said, my name is Will Moore. I'm the Assistant Director of North Carolina Right to Life. Um, I really appreciate the invitation because uh, we've been getting calls and doing interviews. (sighs) I've been doing uh, interviews with national media and statewide media and uh, local media since 2014 and one of the problems that we constantly find is um having good platforms to get good information out um and you're not going to be able to do that from my experience and we'll we'll talk to anybody but unfortunately it just seems like a lot of times we what normally happens is we sit down with these groups for 30 minutes. And then after we do that, we feel like we have a good conversation. And then we sit down to look at the actual story. And there's like five seconds of our face. And then there's like this whole little diatribe of other stories that we weren't even aware of Mm -hmm. or whatever. So um, these types of platforms are really important to get the truth out there. Uh, I appreciate the invitation. But yeah, I'm assistant director for North Carolina Rights of Life. We work in the state of North Carolina, everywhere in the state, wherever we're invited to um, educate and engage on the issues of the right to life. So whether that be uh, the issue of abortion, infanticide, euthanasia, and issues that would lead to denial of treatment, um, that would lead to suicide, um, we are heavily engaged. And yeah, thanks for the invitation. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And everyone, um, stop what you're doing and go ahead and share this episode seriously. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave a review because it's going to be a really good one. Um, and I just want to say, like, this is really important for us to hear the truth and for us to get the full story to understand what is going on in our country as well as North Carolina. And I want to also say we're going to start off kind of on the macro about what abortion is, what it's not. We have already done a debunking episode, and we've done another episode just talking about what has happened. I'll link those, but we're going to get into those and maybe even repeat some of the same things so that the information gets out, because that's the biggest hurdle we're facing right now is just there's so much misinformation, and you guys know I've been saying this for like two weeks. It's driving me insane, 
And then we're going to go to the micro that affects North Carolina specifically because that is where I live. But this information is still going to be beneficial for you if your state is has a similar um, setup or also to the surrounding states of North Carolina because people are going to be coming from South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee to North Carolina. And you want to know how to pray. You also want to know like how to help people in North Carolina because we're also going to need a lot of help. I was at Love Life last week and they were saying that they're going to need 80 more um, sidewalk advocates, 80. And this is in Charlotte and it's only a one um, facility. Not even, there's three other ones. I don't know how many of those need specifically, but the one in Love Life needs 80. So we're going to need lots of help and prayers and things like that. So we're going to go over all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so let's get started. Um, the first thing we want to talk about is what exactly is abortion? What constitutes an abortion? Yes. So that is an amazing question because a lot of, well, over the past couple of weeks, there's been a lot of conflation between abortion, miscarriage, stillborns, ectopic mm-hmm. pregnancies. Um, so it's important for the public and pro-lifers to know that when we talk about abortion, we are talking about the intentional killing of the unborn. We're talking about situations where both the mother and the child's life can be saved, but because of decisions being made, the child's life is being electively killed. Um, so yeah, it's not a miscarriage or stillborn, which by definition, we're talking about instances where the child's life is taken accidentally or just not intentionally. And we're not talking about cases where the life of the mother is, um, is going to be taken away because of, for example, like an ectopic pregnancy or something like that, where you have a situation where the, the life of the child um, unfortunately can't be saved. Yeah. And Melanie gave us a really good definition for anyone listening. I'll link the episode. Melanie gives a really great definition of what an ectopic pregnancy is. She goes over all of the, all of that part, but yes, what Will said is correct. It is not, it, it, it is the intentional killing. And I think part of what is, and then we can keep going. I just want to get this off my chest. Part of what's annoying and frustrating me is, um, People conflating the two, or the I guess the three or four, they're putting them all, lumping them all together. So it's scaring women. Because, I mean, if you go look at comments on different, especially like left-wing Instagram pages or like left-wing Twitter or pro-abortion advocacy, whatever, look at their stuff. There's women who are legitimately scared that if they have a miscarriage, somehow the government is going to come and find out and they're going to go to jail. And when you are um, saying that abortion, miscarriage, stillborn, ectopic pregnancies are all the same that's causing fear-mongering and that's causing people to i'm sure there's women out there who have so much anxiety over scenarios that will never happen but it's hard to get that information out yeah. to them yeah um, so that's why this is everybody share this share share, yeah. share. and you okay. can see even the president today uh, i was me and my boss uh, the president of north carolina rights life dr pink is he's a he's an actual doctor um, that's been a doctor for decades. Um, and we talked to uh, OBGYNs and other doctors on a regular period. We were sitting there listening to President Joe Biden talk about that one instance where um, what if a child is miscarried or, um, 
the doctor would be afraid to actually do anything because of the ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade or something like that. And you were all both like, what are you talking about? Like, it doesn't make sense. Even in the no. practice of true medicine, the actual intentionality has to be taken into account. Um, so if you're actively killing the child when the child could be saved and it's not any harm to the, the mother, we're talking about an actual abortion. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and, it, and, and it goes all, it's all the way at the top where the president of the United States are saying things that are, are not true, but this isn't new for Joe Biden. Um, yeah. No, it's not. Um, and I think it was Allie Stuckey. I heard her say, like, if your doctor cannot tell the difference between a miscarriage and an abortion, you probably should get a different doctor. Yes. Like your doctor yeah. <laughs> should be able to tell the difference. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So. And there are other ways that abortion what? is being done, not just as a tool of information, misinformation, but where um, other things that we can share right now um, where okay. there are abortions being done for many different reasons. I know I studied, I've been engaged with the issue of abortion since at least 2013. So um, I've been listening, reading different polls. Um, but one of the things that I've been told consistently was that uh, abortion oftentimes has been used for many different reasons that can go under this one little tool that people advertise abortion as. Um, and that tool is that it's a tool of like secrecy or a tool of trying to do this false reset where if you get an abortion, you ignore the situation, whether it's poverty, whether it's someone being abused, whether it's um, a various amount of reasons where uh, if you go through those situations, you can see that the abortion actually isn't solving the situation. Is actually, in many cases, making it worse. Um, in the vast majority of the mis sorry, in the vast majority of the situations, it's making it worse. Um, there was one instance that came across my timeline uh, by a advocate, and you can show the news article about the man that. Oh, Leon. yeah, Leon. There was a a fellow that the police found who was abusing this girl from the age of 17 um, and had been raping her consistently. Um, she was found, well, she was pregnant, I think it said on the bottom, yeah, was pregnant seven times, and each time she was pregnant, uh, the guy basically took her to the abortion clinic um, to try to do this fake little reset, not well, realizing that, okay, if you can reset it, um, with instances of rape, you're actually putting, this is an instance where you're putting that person back in the situation that a lot of sexual assaulting people go through, um, where the majority of the people that assault them are people that they know. So, Oftentimes, if you really look at, again, if you really look at the issue of abortion, um, people have used abortion as a policy solution to issues where abortion isn't really solving it. Um, in many cases, it ties mm -hmm. the situation and prolongs the situation. 
Um, there's also mm -hmm. other issues where, and well, we can talk about it a little bit later, where um, the FDA has made this wild, wild west thing with mifepristone um, abortions, where if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy and she takes that uh, progesterone inhibitor, it actually can not only kill the child, but it can kill her, um, which is mm -hmm. leading a bunch of women in, her, in their own rooms, in their own corners, left alone, which goes against our state rules because we acknowledge uh, the dangers of that. Even the pro boards can acknowledge that. Um, but again, another instance where abortion is used as this quick little, we can hide it in the closet, pretend like it doesn't happen. But we know women are hurt. We know that ultimately abortion doesn't solve the real problem and these issues that women are going through and their children are going through. On uh, really quick on what you said about uh, miso, I was watching a documentary and it was actually by Vice, I believe. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. They accidentally kind of were on our side in the sense of they were talking about how people are now going to Mexico to get um, the pills. And they went to two different shops, two different pharmacies, because in the particular town they went to in Mexico, um, there was pharmacies everywhere. And they are selling them like $60, like just here, take one, take one, take one, take one. And what they came to realize is the two different pharmacies were giving them two different advice. So they were talking about how dangerous it is. And I think like they were trying to see, see, that's why we need it to be legal. And in my head, I'm like, see, this is why we can't ha allow women to think that this is an okay thing to do. Like you're kind of, you're promoting it. You're saying get these pills, but like the, the two pharmacies, they weren't even doctors. They were just, you know, at like a, a random guy from the corner store is like, here, take these pills. Um, and the person was like, yeah, you take eight. And I, it comes with 50, but you take eight. And I'm like, that's, I don't know. I've never, but I'm like, that cannot be right. Right. And then you just take one every hour. Right. And it goes and like, towards that's not, the overall pro-life stance of what we are fighting for is a state and ultimately a culture that supports life mm -hmm. foremost before it all if we can save the mother we can save the kid let's do it mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah i mean and that goes towards the roe and uh doe and casey policies that we can talk about too yeah yeah let's get into that um can you explain okay one thing that i um, do we, should we show the video first? Ask the question. If it's, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, one thing that I have a lot of people asking me about is like explaining what exactly was Roe and what exactly was Doe. And then how did that, like, what the Dobbs have to do with that? I get that question a lot. Um, so could you like break that down? Yeah, let's play. I gave you a video that, uh, James Bob, yep. which is a, um, constitutional lawyer that has been, arguing for the right to life for decades. Um, there's a short minute uh, video that we're, we're going to play. Um, and after that, we can talk a little bit more. I think he does a good summary about what Dobbs is, and I can fill in the rest. Okay, perfect. Here we go, everybody. Thank you very much, and what a glorious day today is. 
I get the opportunity, the privilege of telling you what the Supreme Court decided today. And uh, in one of the finest majority opinions I've ever read, one of the most well-reasoned and comprehensive decisions I've ever seen, and I've been practicing before the U.S. Supreme Court since 1977. I filed my first brief. Uh, Justice Alito overturned Roe v. Wade and Casey and did so explicitly and from the top in an opinion that has no ambiguities, no contingencies, no question marks, because they laid it out perfectly. Of course, most of the decision is their reasoning, and their reasoning is that Roe v. Wade and Casey were wrongfully decided that had no basis in the Constitution or in law, were wrongly justified and explained in, uh, in both Roe and Casey on numerous grounds. And second, that stare decisis, which starts with whether the decision was wrongfully decided in the first place, uh, they said that there is no justifications under stare decisis to uphold Roe v. Wade and Casey even though they were wrongly decided. Uh, most importantly for all of us, so, so there is no constitutional right to abortion in the United States Constitution, period, end of stop. They also dealt with uh, one of the fallbacks, uh, which is gender discrimination, which, uh, of course, has been advocated by a number of people, including Ruth Gator Ginsburg, uh, both before she was on the court and during the time she was on the court. Uh, and if, if abortion regulations were viewed as gender discrimination, then all, abor all abortion regulations would be struck down. She wanted an absolute right to abortion, and she thought she could find it in gender discrimination. However, the U.S. Supreme Court twice, when, it, uh, when Roe v. Wade was holding sway, rejected the gender discrimination argument against regulations on abortion, and the court explicitly reaffirmed those precedents in this decision. So the court also took away, at the same time, a print, the principal fallback argument that the abortion lobby has been using and would be using to attack um, any abortion regulations. Okay, so that was a good explanation. I think one of the things that we have to know about Roe v. Wade in regards to um, how we move forward, and especially in understanding our position as pro-lifers in regards to Dobbs is that um, Roe v. Wade and the companion case, Dovey Bolton, for decades has been this uh, policy flag for pro-abortion people to fight for and actually have abortion on demand. So abortion for any reason in all 50 states, including its territories, um, just for any reason up until birth. Um, then in 90... And I don't think people understood yeah. that. I don't think people understood that that's what Roe did. Yeah. And then in 92, you had Casey versus uh, Planned Parenthood, which um, allowed us to look a little bit further 
into what the actual state's interests could be um, in regards to moving more incrementally and moving, um, just seeing what kind of rights that states had um, to protect the right to life, given the uh, undue burden uh, that was falsely put in by Roe v. Wade and then reaffirmed by Casey. Um, so that's been going on. I think it's important. And there have been other Supreme Court cases that have happened since then about parental rights. Um, I think uh, Kelly Ayo did a case on that. Um, there was another one that dealt with um, partial birth abortion um, that had a national ban Um and there, there were a couple other ones. Um, Dobbs, what pro-lifers have to understand is that Roe, for them, um, the reversal of Roe doesn't mean the exact same for us or the inverse, the complete inverse. And in that now that Roe v. Wade is overturned, it doesn't mean that now all life um, that can't be protected will be protected which means that we still have a lot more work to do. We can't uphold mm -hmm. jobs like they uphold Roe and say, hey, Roe was law of land or Dobbs law of land now. Now we can um, protect all life. Like we still have to propose laws. We still need to do other things um, to make sure that every life that can be protected in the United States and ultimately in North Carolina too, um, because it's in the United States, uh, can be protected. <laughs> so that's very, very important because I know a lot of people celebrate it. Um, this has been a major hurdle that pro-lifers have been running into year after year after a conversation. Running up that hill. And, it's down. I know I had a bunch of different calls when it was finally overturned. They were like, yeah, what are you going to do now? Or like, we're going to work because it's not over. It's yeah. nowhere near. Someone told me, congratulations. Someone was like, congratulations, you did it. And I was like, yes and no. Yeah. Like, it's still a lot more yeah, yeah. to be done. Talking to a news person, they called and they were like, oh, you guys going to do anything? And we're like, we're going to work. And you're like, well, you're not, you're not going to celebrate. We're like, no, like you're not even gonna have a pizza party, like a pizza party, like oh, row is over. What I'm like, no, because our position is still the same since it's been since we started in 1973, which is to fight for the rights unborn for everybody that that has innocent, um, that's innocent, that, um. Yeah, just fighting for that right to life. And until that's secure, then we have work to do. Um, so, yeah. And also, most importantly, the reality is nothing changed for North Carolina specifically. I think that's one thing that people, I mean, in Charlotte, once a week, they've been having random protests. And it's like, you guys are protesting, but, you know, nothing's changed here. You should be, you know, people in Tennessee should be protesting. But I mean, I guess that the reality is people of Tennessee, Tennessee are probably happy about what happens. <laughs> They're not going to protest. Well, they should protest. I'm sure there's like one protest, or two. Yeah, people in Tennessee should be protesting. The North Carolina should follow their guard. I mean, their their lead. Um, 
And yeah, people in <laughs> Charlotte should be protesting for the rights of life because we care about their life just like we we care about the young right. life. Um, so yeah, yeah, we, there's a lot of work and stuff to be done. Um, I know that since Roe v. Wade, there's been a lot of talk about like codification. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit yeah. about that really quick. So. There, on the, yeah, sorry, on the federal level, there have been different ways that they've tried to do that because even um, people that were super pro-abortion, like um, Jim was saying with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, she didn't agree with the ruling of Roe v. Wade, um, even though she was for abortion. Um, and like he was saying that uh, she believed that there was a discriminatory clause that um, – the Supreme Court disagreed with. Um, and we actually see that in North Carolina. There have been a couple of court cases that pro boards have brought up to try to um, argue against a lot of the bills that we've passed in the state of North Carolina to protect life. Um, so, yeah, that's something that's been done as well as uh, there was an ERA bill or Equal Rights Amendment bill that people have used to try to advocate for uh, state funding for abortion, even though the constitutional amendment process has expired for decades now. Um, there have been FOCA or so-called Freedom of Choice Acts on the national level and state levels where they try to um, install some alleged right to abortion when I mean, there should be no right to intentionally kill someone. Um, I don't know how many times we have to say it, but I guess that's our job. So we'll say it as many times as we need to. (laughs) You should not kill a person that does not have to die, um, especially if they're one of the most innocent people that does nothing. Like like our lives itself are examples of like things that we don't earn. We didn't earn the the right to life. We were granted the right to life. And that's something that we need to continue to other people or else Mm -hmm. it's just not equal. Um, Mm -hmm. So there are focal laws. There are, they've rebranded focal laws as like, I think it's. Well, what does that stand for? Allegedly it's freedom of choice. Um, Okay. And there's also, they rebranded it now to be, uh, I think it's like Women's Health Protection Act because it sounds better. Okay. Um, mm-hmm, but it's the mm-hmm. same kind of goal of now they're saying codify Roe. No, I mean, you can't codify it now, but, um, but they're trying to reinstate the principle of abortion on demand for any reason and any state for any cause as, uh, Planned Parenthood and ACLU says in the state of North Carolina, care no matter what, which is weird because it's not really care. Um, Yeah. So how does this affect North Carolina? Because, I mean, we're in North Carolina. Um, We have our legislative, executive, and judicial branches right now. Um, The governor and the attorney general for years now have been reaffirming their uh, positions to abortion or the intentional killing of unborn children. Um, 
for any reason. Now, I have a yeah. quick, I have a quick yeah. question about that. Um, I was talking to Vic, and she brought up a good point. Why haven't they already done something then? Like, why didn't they? They've had, what is it, six years? They've had six years to do something. Why hasn't he? I'm glad he, he hasn't, but, hasn't. like, what is his? He hasn't the attorney general or, or governor or Governor Cooper and the Attorney General, like, why has it? Why is he just now doing an executive order? If this is so important to him, why didn't he do an executive order earlier? Like, what's the? Well, once again, I'm glad, but I'm just curious. Like, what what's been holding him back? Not gonna lie to you, I don't know everything that's going on in his head. Um, he, <laughs> Most people like, probably don't. From my understanding, I've been looking at him for a while. I know, like he. There was a time where he had conscious decisions to protect the rights of the unborn. For example, he uh, fought for parental uh, consent, not just parental notification, when he was in the North Carolina Senate back in 2000. No, not 2000. Um, 95. Uh, really? Yeah, he hasn't been on our side since, from what I've looked up. Uh, maybe <laughs> voted for safe harbor, um, which is something that we got done in the state of North Carolina in 2001 that said if a board, uh, if a baby is delivered, um, to prevent having babies, like we still have cases in the United States where babies are being found on the highway and things like that. You can safely mm -hmm. deliver yeah. that baby to a, a local fire department or healthcare, um, department and um, mm -hmm. no questions asked within the first couple of days so yeah to fight against not just abortion but infanticide um that was important let's see but why I'm he hasn't done anything i mean he's also he's done the most to my knowledge he's done the most um vetoes that any governor in the state, <laughs> it feels like any governor in the state of uh, North Carolina has done. So he's been busy vetoing. Um, yeah. So getting in the way of progress. I, from what so I, I just feel, to me, it's just kind of. What I understand that con um, that executive um, order to be, it's just a bunch of words that don't really mean a lot. I mean, like, if you read it, there's a line, we were talking about it uh, right before we started, like, there's a line that says yeah. that they will uphold the rules and regulations and laws of North Carolina. Well, there was a law that we passed years ago that said in the state of North Carolina, we should protect babies at least until uh, 20 weeks. And they're not going to enforce that because, again, when the law favors their side or their philosophy of killing babies intentionally that don't have to die um they'll be for it but when it goes against their interest and the industry that backs them um mm -hmm. they'll fight tooth and nail um yeah. yeah i think personally i think um and i was talking to her a little bit about this i think like it's a bargaining tool because this is something really good for Jet Jackson. I don't know if you're following Jeff Jackson. Jeff, Jeff he's running in the 14th, um, the new 14th, is a really good tool for them to use. Vote for me. We're going to protect your abort, as opposed to actually doing something 
that he would say is in his favor. I think it's just an example of like a politician kind of like dangling carrots to get money and to get supporters and to keep you voting. Like you, if you keep your base angry, they're going to vote for you. They're going to donate to you because they don't want this to happen. Because if you actually do something, there's nothing for them to be angry. Yeah, they're using it as a, I mean, and there's been tons of articles nationally and people, even pro reports just upset over the whole situation. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. um, you're, there's a lot of fundraising letters coming to me right now, and I voted for you and all this kind of stuff where um, it's Jeff Jackson and a bunch of other people, the Josh Steins of the world and the uh, Coopers of our state, um, yeah, they're using it, like you're saying, they're using it for fundraising. They're using it because they have allies and they're backed by an abortion gover- uh, abortion um, industry. Um, like we were saying, mm-hmm. I mean, when... The abortion industrial complex. Yeah, like when Cooper signed or whatever had his uh, press release, like it wasn't just the local Planned Parenthood right beside him as he did it, like the national president was right there to his like left or right. Um, you can go to national uh, North Carolina rights of life's um, latest blog post, And you can see the picture, like they're right beside each other, hand in hand, um, hand them money. I guess. Now do you, uh, it's a little bit more <laughs> accurate you, description. Really quick. Yeah. Really quick. Do you think that, maybe North Carolina has been marked as like an abortion, I guess the Southern abortion capital, because we're the South and we're kind of the only state uh, below the Mason-Dixon line that doesn't have really strict abortion rules. So do you think that Planned Parenthood is going to be kind of trying to put money into the governor's race or not the governor, to the Senate race for sure? I need everybody here to vote. um, So yeah, give an honor to Senate being as transparent as possible we do have protections in the state of north carolina it is not as um strong as we would want it at all there needs to be more protections for the unborn as well as the mother and um etc um but yeah the abortion side has used north carolina in the past um like we were talking about there in uh, Latrobe, there are constant cars that mm-hmm. are coming up. They're not just from Charlotte. They're coming from South Carolina. They're coming from Georgia. And they've always come from those areas. Um, back in the day when I graduated from college and Cecile Richards was the president of North, uh, sorry, of Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. They planted a Planned Parenthood like feet away from the Biltmore estate so that people could drive over from Tennessee and um, in Greensboro, where I am right now, we normally see cars, not just from the area, uh, but from Danville and Martinsville. So North Carolina has always been um, a place where people have traveled to get an abortion, but it shouldn't be. Um, Especially because when we're talking about abortion, again, we're talking about the intentional killing of babies that don't need to die. Um, And I don't know, like North Carolina, our, our tradition leads with freedom and becoming more of a perfect state. Like when it comes to the Declaration of mm-hmm. Independence, like we're the first 
state to move away. Mecklen- yeah, Mecklenburg, yeah. Mecklenburg, away. Mecklenburg County had yeah. a Declaration of Independence before the United yeah. States. Like when it comes, so to, like you're right. Our, or like when it comes to our toast, like it, our state toast says, "We are the state, uh, the old North state, where the weak grow strong and the strong grow great." Like it's important for us in order to fulfill that and actually celebrate what makes North Carolina great. Uh, we have to protect the most innocent. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. I know you asked about Cooper. Yeah, about no, that sign. Um, <laughs> you did. You answered. No, 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 that was good. And you're so right. I think that um, now we're obviously into like the micro, but I think that um, North Carolina, like we, the laxer rules in regards to protecting the preborn go so against what who we are it's so against like what we stand for and i think those of us especially there's definitely more pro-lifers in north carolina than not and i think that we should be standing up we should be saying something we should be causing what is alex a respectful ruckus we should be doing something we should be using our voice because your voice can make a difference and um i think that like when we i guess focus on like what do we want for our state? We have to take our state back. Because there's definitely, I mean, there's definitely more pro-lifers in North Carolina than not. I think that, I know for me at least, um, in Charlotte, it does feel very like, like, you know, if I go to a protest and then it's like me and like six other people, maybe. And then it's like thousands of others. But like, once you get out of the big cities, like, we are for life. Like, that is, and even in the big cities, like, I've met a couple of people the last couple of days because of some things that I've been doing that, people are pro-life or people are like, you know what? I can't get completely behind you being pro-life, but I definitely think like 20 weeks, that's way too much. So, and obviously, you know, I'm going to move them to the complete side, but my point being, there's tons of people who are on our side. We just have to start um, doing like voting. We need to start voting. We need to start encouraging um, our representatives to uh, create policies that support that. So there are there any that have, um, what has happened so far policy-wise in North Carolina? Yeah, that's what I was about um, to say. To protect the we're, we're on the same mindset because there, because it also speaks towards the fact that um, what our heritage is, if you look at what we've been able to do, even before Dobbs came, um, in the meantime, there's like a secret, a little known secret to the pro-life success. Um, and it's just, it's focus. It's being able mm, to sit focus. down or focus on specific issues, have conversations about it. And even like, whether you're talking about in legislative stuff, whether you're talking about sidewalk advocacy, where you're talking directly to a mother and a, uh, and a father and a significant other friend about, okay, what's going on? Like having that focus is important because if you can speak directly to the causes and the concerns that people are having, you can actually advocate for life effectively. Um, there have been mm-hmm. a couple of cases. There was one that I was talking to you earlier um, that we can show now um, about the Unborn Victims of Violence Act, where we fought for over 10 years. When I first uh, started working with North Carolina Rights Life, I got in contact with a, a civil rights uh, advocate named Effie Steele. Um, she had a similar case, just like um, the guy that 
we're gonna play now. Um, this one. Well, this that one. that will work too. This is uh, a case that that she shared that she also um, experienced, and we can just we can play it. Okay. How many people do not know that this is not a law? He's talking about an unborn victims bill. Blaine's 22-year-old pregnant daughter was killed in Raleigh last June. But when her killer is caught, they'll only face charges for Jenna's murder. You know, why are we one of the only states, only 14 states left in the country that don't have this law? They need to look at it. They need to read it. They need to understand it from a personal perspective. Blaine took his message Saturday to the conservative leadership conference in Greensboro. He's working with lawmakers to get a bill introduced. What we're hoping to do in the short session is to put North Carolina in line with the other 39 states and have an unborn victims bill, which punishes people who murder pregnant women in North Carolina. Falwell says too many pregnant women in our state have fallen victim to this type of crime. He hopes stiffer penalties could make a difference. Bad circumstances can result in good legislation, and that's what the unborn victims bill represents bad circumstances that we're going to take and turn it into good legislation to protect uh, the two victims that suffer any time a pregnant woman is killed. And keeping other families from what Blaine and his family have gone through is why he says he's here. I mean, we had three pregnant women killed in 2007, one including my daughter. That's not getting better, that's getting worse. And until we start making a stance and making these laws tougher, um, they're just going to keep doing it. Reporting in Greensboro, Stephanie Stillwell, News 14, so Carolina. That instance was about year seven of an 11-year fight that we fought um, to have protection, at least recognizing under state uh, law that if a child were to either be injured or lose their life in a felonious act, then the life of that child has to be considered under state law. Um, so another lady was Effie still there. I was talking about uh, she lost her um, grandchild and her daughter because someone was hired to kill her daughter because the daughter chose life. Um, so there have been examples like the Unborn Victims of Violence Act. There have been other bills. Um, there's the Women's Right to Know bill that we passed in 2011 that said in the state of North Carolina um, is now like a 72-hour waiting period where a woman can um, evaluate her options. The state uh, Department of Health and Human Services gives free fetal development information where it's a situation where we want North Carolinian mothers to have as much information about her options, things that she may be going through, things that she may go into because there have been many of instances where women have had an abortion and dealt with things after abortion that they didn't have to deal with if they didn't have that abortion. Um, so having full information is important. Um, so there's that. There are, um, we did a, a cremation bill that said in the state of North Carolina, um, the only way that someone would be paid uh, wouldn't be for burial and cremation of their and or cremation of an unborn child. So to eliminate 
um, people getting paid off of onboard uh, babies' body parts. Uh, we did that in 2015. Okay, okay. So we've done things, See, but it's a this is good because um, yeah. And I think this is good to know because sometimes I think it feels like we're not getting anything right. done. Um, and sometimes I, for me, I just thought in my head since the beginning of car or not cars, but like since the beginning of like laws that um, a baby in the womb was still considered a human. So you'd be charged with both. I think it's good to know that, you know what, that wasn't always the case. And sometimes you have to make the law. I mean, our responsibility is to, I mean, say one plus one equals two as many times as we have to say it. I mean, it's, right. it's a, <laughs> I mean, the reality is it's a light. Um, and that's the number one uh, winning tool for all pro-lifers. I mean, we're always going to be outspent. We're always going to be out yelled. We're always going to be all this other stuff. We're not going to have the fanciest whatever. But one of the things that we do on our, we have on our side is the truth. Um, and you can't hide yes. that light. So it's our responsibility yes. to hold it up. And as long as um, there's an injustice, we have to hold that light up until the weak grow strong and the strong grow great. I love that. I did not realize, I, born and bred North Carolina, I did not realize that was our toast. I love that. So, um, I mean, there's. I wanted okay, to. Oh, sorry. Well, I was, I was going to say something else. Um, oh, yes, about still uh, about the light. I think also, too, we all have to remember that um, we it took 50 years, 49, 50 years for Roe to be overturned. But it was consistent, keeping going, keeping at it, working hard. So even in your state, if things are not going the way you want, it's the consistency. Um, and I've heard this actually from. I've been listening to a couple of um, like pro aborts that have YouTube channels, you know, talking about it just to hear what they're saying. And that's one thing that they have almost all of them have said that like, yeah, those pro efforts, they just kept at it. They kept at it. And you know what? They're right. We did keep at it. So we can keep going at it, even when it feels like there's two of you, even if uh, it feels like there's nothing getting done. The key is just being consistent. And that is how we will get laws passed. That's how we will protect the preborn. That's how we will also make abortion unthinkable because that's the other aspect of it too. We want women to not even think that they have to do it. We want women, if they are in a crisis and they do feel overwhelmed, we want them to come to pregnancy resource centers, to churches. Um, that's more to their community. That's more of the goal. Right. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to add yeah, that. Yeah. And overall, the goal is to have everybody, whether you're pro, where you're a Republican, Democrat, independent, um, I don't know, insert your identity. Green Party. Yeah, like yeah. It, you should advocate Anarchist. for life. And we're moving towards a mm -hmm. society that is more perfect. We are not perfect. But it also, I wanted to say that uh, you should be consistent. But in order to be effective, you also have to, again, I want to say it uh, as many times as I can. Be consistent with focus where you're listening to the other side and you're addressing their concerns. Um, because, mm. again, the noise being louder, it just sounds like a circus. Um, and you, you're not a part of the circus. We're a part of being effective. So it is important to listen, try to address people from their side because, 
I mean, if you just say one plus one equals two, one plus one equals two, it can get tired. Like actually hear why one plus one doesn't equal two to them um, and walk with them because that's what we're called to do. Um, Mm -hmm. Other things we're called, I know there are other ways we can get involved. Again, I said, when it comes to policy, there is the legislative side. So there's legislation that you can um, learn more about on our website at North Carolina Rights. Well, sorry, NCRTL, the first letters of North Carolina Rights Life uh, dot org. I'll link yeah, that. There's also um, hopefully we're going to have more stuff about the executive order or executive orders that came out. Um, so if you're not subscribed to our emails, go ahead, go ahead and go to our website and um, do that. Um, they have a really quick yeah. slight plug for yeah. you guys. They have a wealth of information to keep up with what's going on legislation, legislatively. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can know like who's vote also to like, you know, something happens like, did your representative vote for X, Y, and Z? Should you call your representative and tell them to vote for right. this? Okay. This is what's on the block. All right. So what happened with this? They do a really good job keeping up. And I think that everybody, um, I can tell you North Carolina's uh, right to life does that. And I think if you are listening in another state, definitely look to see if your right to life is, I would assume every right to life does something like that. So I would look and try to at least be plugged in because you want to know when things are on the docket. You want to know because you want to know, A, how to pray, and B, you want to know, like, um, I know in South Carolina, we've taken some students. We I don't even work for students for life. I've helped Brooke take some students um, to testify. So, I mean, to testify in support of um, the a heartbeat right. bill last year, which was passed, which was great. And I know that it was really cool for them, especially the younger ones, to, like, see the younger ones, 27, um, the college right. students, I'll, the college students to see that, like, their voice made a difference. So there could be situations like that that are going to arise. But it's just good to know what is going right. on. Because if we're going to make a difference, we have to know what's happening. We can't just um, twiddle our thumbs. And I understand sometimes, because um, I get like this too, sometimes it's information overload. Um, but you do need to know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. So, Leah, in North Carolina Rights Life, we currently have, we normally focus on two E's, but it's election season. So we have three E's, one be elect, um, another one being educate, and the other one being um, engage. Um, so it's important, that, like she said, to know what abortion is, be informed, um, get engaged. There's other things that we're going to announce very soon uh, about how people can get informed. Um, and, yeah, the election is very important, too. Uh, I know you said in South Carolina there's a uh, heartbeat bill. Um, there are a lot. We spoke about how there are other states that have protections for the unborn that we don't. Um Right now, because of the 20-week um, gestational amendment not being up, well, not being defended right now, um, there are babies in the state of North Carolina that can fully feel pain um, being dismembered. There are babies who have fully functioning hearts um, that can breathe, that can, um, their heart is pumping. Um, that are dying in the state of North Carolina, which is important to state, again, unnecessarily, that don't have to die. Mm -hmm. Over 30,000 babies in the state of North Carolina in 2020 died that didn't have to die. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's important to understand where we are in North Carolina. Um, so other ways that we can get involved, um, not outside of educating yourself and engaging with North Carolina Rights to Life and um, getting involved in policy. There's also your local pregnancy care centers. Um, we have over 90 some in the state of North Carolina. Um, there's a network, um, LifeLink. There's a another organization, um, the Human Coalition, um, that's spread out all over the state. Have community-run organizations of nurses, and churches, and just everybody in the community coming together to serve these women. Um, I know the state has devoted and- around twelve million dollars on top on top of the dollars that uh, have been given privately by private institutions and individuals. So please get in. Oh, I didn't know that. Please get in contact with your local uh, pregnancy care centers. There are maternity homes that need a like if you get involved with maternity homes, it's a little bit harder to volunteer, but they're, it's, it's needed work. They'll take your money. They'll take money. (laughs) They'll take your donation. They need it. Uh, It's a lot harder to uh, not just, feed them and consult, but actually house them. Um, Cause then you have to go mm-hmm. into certification of what if they're going with this kind of certification, what if they have trauma, how do you deal with that and have to be officially certified. Um, so if you are know, interested I in really... long-term investment and in volunteering their uh, maternity homes out there as well. And I really quick, I just want to add, so with the pregnancy um, resource centers, you call them pregnancy care centers. I've also heard them as pregnancy help organizations. Either way, with those, um, you know, $5 a month might not seem like a lot to you, but it'll make a difference for them. I know for myself, this isn't a bribe, let's just let you know, I can only do 10 So I do $10 a month to my local one. Um, find one local to you and really support that one because I mean, $10 a month, once again, is not that much. But to me, where I am in my life, yeah. We're young professionals. it means something to yeah. me. Yeah. So, you know, that $10 a month might not feel like a lot in your head, but it's going to make a difference. It can pay for um, a mere out of stamps to get um, mailers out. It can, it can be, there's a lot of things that that can go to. And I think if you just make that, uh, sacrifice, especially if you call yourself pro-life. If you can just make that sacrifice once a month, I have it on automatic because I'm going to be honest, but I didn't have it on automatic, it probably wouldn't be done. Um, it automatically comes out at the beginning of the month when I get paid, and then that's that. And I think if we can just start doing that, because as I've said numerous times, like it's community. These pregnancy resource centers, they really do need money. Like I've never been to a banquet or to one where they give me a tour where they didn't end with and if you have any extra money, we would really appreciate it. Yeah. Because they do. They're not. Yeah. And even if you don't have the money to give, I can guarantee you every pregnancy resource center in the state of North Carolina needs your help in ways that don't involve money. Like they need mentors. Yes. They need people that can get involved. Envelope stuffers. Yeah, envelope stuffers. They need people to help staff because if they don't have dollars for certain things, like, and you're not going to know until you reach out and say, Hey, I'm willing to help out um, directly. Um, There's also sidewalk advocates. I know there's like the sidewalk advocates for life and love life um, that go Mm -hmm. outside of pregnancy 
care center, not pregnancy care center, sorry, um, abortion clinics on a regular basis and try to do counseling um, on a regular basis. So, yeah, free plug for them. Um, I think the sidewalk advocates. Yeah, get involved. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say, really quick, get involved with that as well. Like, it really does make a difference. I don't remember the exact stat, but it is more than 50% um, can turn away in a day because they see people out there. And I know that, um, so the one on Latrobe, I was actually having a conversation with a friend because that one's kind of a little discouraging. They have done any and everything to block us. Um, they, You guys can look them up like um, on YouTube. They've had documentaries about them. They have a, a flat, like a growing, fabulous uh, Twitter, uh, TikTok page because they're just so wild and outrageous. And they can feel very discouraging to, to do that and to be trying your best. But it is important because even if somebody just doesn't show up for that appointment, like they might, sometimes people will just drive by. And I do wonder, like, where are they going to go in? But then they saw people outside because that's the other thing, too. Your presence out there, not just you offering them, you know, some help, offering them lotion or whatever is in your blessing bag, but just your presence. Some people, I mean, I've heard stories numerous times where people are like, just give me a sign. I'm not supposed to be here. And then there'll be someone literally with a sign that says like, Jesus loves you or God loves your baby. And then I, I guess that's the sign. Yeah. And then they turn around. So it's any little bit like that really does. An help. encouragement only costs probably the cost of gas. So it's not a donation. It's yeah. not that expensive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's those those institutions as well. Um, I think there's a link on our website when you go to uh, issues abortion. There are positive alternatives to abortion, um, and hopefully that's a resource to you guys. I mean, there's adoption information, foster information. There are a bunch of different ways to get involved. And if you need help, feel free to fill out the contact form on our website, and we'll try to get you plugged in. Yeah. Um, I think is that anything else? Uh, oh, I just also, we said it already, but I want to like make a specific point. Vote, girl. Everyone vote. Like, it is now <laughs> more than yeah. ever. I mean, I get, I'm sure we're going to say that for the rest of our life, every election. This is the most important election. I'm sure we're going to say that until we die. But for right now, this is a very, very important election. Um, and I just want to explain something really quick. We see, for example, the Senate race um, in North Carolina. We see that there's only a handful of um, people who are uh, that are losing their seat this election. And we saw how um, the Senate helps pick or um, the justice. Mm-hmm. They voted on that. So we see how important our senators are. So we also see how the Senate also brought blocked the Women's Health Protection Act. We see how important the Senate, our senators are. This is very, very important. If you, especially if you live in North Carolina, everywhere else too, but especially if you live in North Carolina, seriously, consider voting. Like This is not the time to sit out. Um, if you have questions, we're going to have other things on our website. We're going to do some episodes about it and things like that. But like, this is very important. Um, also too, for our state, um, or state legis- uh, legislature, we that's important too because if we can get a supermajority, we didn't really talk about that, but if we can get a supermajority of pro-lifers, we can overturn some of the vetoes. Am I correct? Is that how if it we goes? We can get a or... pro-life majority that's not... Well, 
Uh, yeah, pro-life majority that would have yeah. enough to get stuff done because right now we're not depending on, again, when we set the long-term goal of the pro-life movement is to include everyone. Um, I know a lot of people talk about abolition and things like that. And we talk, I know you spoke about um, Juneteenth on your, uh, on your site. Uh, yes. Wow. Like Juneteenth yes. is a great example of not just the importance of passing laws to do the right thing, but also the enforcement of the law too. Um, mm-hmm. So please keep that in mind for the next couple of months. Um, Ted Bud is really good. Um, we have a a weird situation. We don't endorse him just yet. Well, yes. no, I'm not not yeah. officially Continue. endorsing him. I'm just telling you. Nobody's yeah, nobody's endorsing. Yeah. Him. He's who's he's just running in North Carolina on the Republican. Yeah, side. yeah, um, yes. yeah. And, but ultimately, I'm not I'm not telling you. We've had examples. Where, I'm trying to be. I'm trying not to get myself in trouble. Um, yeah, because I can't yeah. edit, so take your time. <laughs> um, it is important, <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, I want my long term goal is for the issue of abortion to be as controversial as the change of a postal office. Something as easy as okay, we're doing what we're protecting unborn life, we're protecting mothers, we're giving support for mothers. Okay, left and right, uniform. I want North Carolina to be just like Louisiana, where the Democrats are pro life. Um, and leading Democrats yeah. in pro-life. Um, that's yeah. the goal, whether you're Republican, Democrat, Green, Libertarian, Independent, like the pro-life movement has a spot for you. Um, and you need to and you need to uh, sit there immediately. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Hope you learned something. Um, I certainly did. And um, <laughs> it sounded like that, the TikTok sound. But anyway, I hope um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this. If you enjoyed this episode, firstly, make sure you share it. And it's also, honestly, a good episode to share with your pro-abort friends. Um, kind of, sort of, because it's just good information to have. It's good information to have the truth, especially at the top of the episode where we talked about the difference between an abortion, a type of pregnancy, and miscarriage, and all that. So I think it's just really good to share, even with them. But share this with your friends um, in North Carolina, South Carolina, California, New York, wherever. Share this with your friends. And also, to please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. It also, that helps um, this information get out. We talked about earlier um, how this information is not necessarily getting out to a lot of people. The only way that it will is if we we have to do it as a community, as a group. So make sure if you leave a review, it pushes us up in the algorithm. Same if you uh, rate it on Apple Podcasts. So please, please, please do that. Um, I think that's it. Uh, everybody make sure you vote 2022. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Everybody have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram 
at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TLG underscore podcast. Those are the girls changing culture and bringing back traditional values.